Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Last week I had Tim Trenum on, on the show. He is the kitchen supervisor. He is the chief cook and bottle washer, as he likes to be called. And he's the chef, and he does a wonderful job at everything that he does as far as, as the cooking and everything. Now, I also wanted to tell you, because uh, there's few things I like in life better than giving Tim a, a shot. And, <laughs> and that is that I said, you know, I love him. He's my brother. I love him with all his faults. And so what does he hear from all those good things he said to me at the end of the last show? He said, oh, yeah, thanks, with all my faults. So I said, well, brother, you know, so I guess my question for him today is, did, did you think you didn't have any of those, brother? <laughs> no, I just uh, find it. Uh, uh, no, no, it was just. Uh, He's always thinking I'm throwing him under the bus. <laughs> Not you, boss. Not you, boss. No, but at any rate, I have great admiration for him, and I know that he cares very much about not just the program guys, but the guests out there. And we were talking last week a little bit about how it can be a little bit, you know, it can be a trial sometimes to deal with people who are either having mental issues or they're drunk or they're on drugs or uh, they just are entitled and, and not grateful. And so obviously we don't get as many people who are grateful as, as those that are ungrateful, but certainly never think that every single homeless person out there has no gratitude for what is done for them. Uh, Tim, have you seen people that have been grateful for the things that have happened to them? Oh, absolutely. You don't get a lot of thank yous. I think uh, people, when they hear Union Gospel Mission, they think, okay, I know they're going to provide me a service. But I don't think they understand the level of services that they can partake in at the mission. A lot with the haircuts, the clothing, the showers, food boxes, the food boxes, the food programs. So yeah, I don't think they see that the level that they can receive from the mission. And then you will. But I remember when I went to the program and I was cooking there, I used to sit back and say, "Geez, you know, I've sat up here and." 155 people went by me and two people said thank you. I said, hmm, that's interesting to me. But then again, a lot of people won't say thank you, but you know that you know they're thanked just by the look in their face when they're sitting there eating a hot meal and you know they're content. You see a sense of warmth come over them. And, and that is a thank you from some people. Yeah, and you know, let's turn that around a little bit and let's put it in the uh, perspective of God. How many of those that have been given eternal life, which, you know, we can't give people eternal life. We can give them a meal, a bed for the night, clothing. We can offer them the gospel that that certainly can transform their lives, but we ourselves can't, can't give them eternal life. But if you are a true believer in Jesus Christ walking in the Spirit, then guess what? You've been given eternal life. How often are we ungrateful? Yeah, exactly. We were talking about that last yep, week. Yep. Uh, the level of gratitude, and you know, I'm sometimes I get very complacent. Uh, 
boss, you know I've told you umpteen times I sit there, sometimes I feel a million miles away from Christ. Yep. And that's when I have to get on my knees, I have to get in my Bible, and I need to get refocused because obviously there's something that is pushing me away from his glory and doing his work, and that will alter my attitude and the way I interact with people. And so I want I need to always make sure I keep that in check and just having my ritual, my morning ritual. Every morning he's got out of bed, I spend 30 minutes with Christ every morning. That may not be a lot, but for a, a new believer, I and, and that's every day. It's even on my off days. So, you know, he deserves more than that. But uh, that's what I have in the mornings. So hopefully that'll grow and I'll spend more time. But I'm thankful for the, the smallest things of hot water because I remember not having hot water. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I, exactly. You know what I mean? I remember soap. I mean, just the small things and nothing's too big or too small because all our blessings come from him. And I'm, I'm personally glad you remembered soap. Well, thank you, boss. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what what you said is absolutely true. Right now, we don't have any power up where I live uh, because they had to shut it off. And you forget about the little things. We have a generator and we have food to eat and those kind of things. And so it's not as bad as it certainly could be by by many, many fold. Uh, inconvenient, yes, but, but not, you know, there's no law, life-altering things. One of the things that you mentioned is the hot water is... You know, you, when you when you know that you don't have enough power in the generator <laughs> to to heat up the hot water, the electric hot water heater, then guess what? Hot water becomes pretty important. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, last week we got we probably both of us are you know we're kind of feeling the pressure of everything that's going on, and so it may have sounded a little too down or sad, but really truthfully, the sadness isn't a sadness like. Like, oh, woe is me. It's more like we are introspective because we realize that God has done so much and we have done so little that sometimes you're overwhelmed by the things and the situations around you because you feel, and probably rightfully so, that you really haven't done anything to alleviate that. And so we also never want our hearts to become hard or calloused or ungrateful for all the things that God has done for us. And you know what? I, I thank God for my, you know, for the ministry that he put me in, for the, the family that he gave me, the house, the car, all those things that you always hear t- people talking about. But you know what's of a greater importance than all of those things is the salvation that he visited on me Amen. when I was, as the Bible said, yet his enemy. And and he sought me and he bought me with with. The blood of his son and so when we start to forget that we have been we have had hell removed then we're going to start to become give ourselves a feeling of entitlement think we're better than we are more righteous than we are and all those kind of things right but come on now let's be honest if you really stop and think about all the things that you've thought and done not just done but thought do you really feel superior to everybody else? Because cause I don't. You know, I, I know I've been given great gifts. So I love the mission and the people that work at the mission. And not just him, but myself and everybody else, we're still flawed individuals. 
We still make mistakes. We still do things that I'm sure that we even say to ourselves at night, what was I thinking? But overall, the upward and onward push is Christ, right? Amen. And yes, every day, you know, I gave the guys an analogy the other day when I was doing a, a, one of the services in the morning on a Friday that I was coming to work and I put on the radio and I actually wanted to listen to, to Phil Cowan on the way in, you know. I don't mean actually. I love Phil Cowan. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, he is a very kind man. But uh, at any rate, I was trying to listen to it. And I'm coming down the road, and it was too far away from Sacramento that it was not. It was cutting in and out. I could hear just one word, and then I'd get a bleed over from another station, right? And for some reason, it just caught my attention. I left it on. I wanted to see when it would start to clear up. Well, I drove down the road. I got onto the freeway. I'm coming down the freeway. It's still kind of shaky. Now I'm hearing a little bit stronger but the other station's still bleeding in, it's still scratchy and grainy. And as I got towards Sacramento, uh, the station started to come in. And I thought, how much is this like our walk with God? Mm. We wonder why we're not hearing God, why we're not, why we don't understand his word, why we're not seeking, getting the answers for the things that we're seeking. And it's because we're so far away from God that we can't hear what, what he's saying to us. And he said, if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And so to what Tim is saying right now is that he takes that half hour in the morning. And I, um, Olga and I do the same thing, by the way. We, we do that devotional thing that I, you know, that I gave everybody. Uh, we do the devotional things. It's a great little book. It's New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. And we do that, and then we read the Bible verses out of there. And, of course, Olga does her studies, and I have a lot of reading I have to do. But here's the bottom line. It's the prayer, and we do that too, by the way, and then the reading and everything. And the more you read and the more you pray and the more that you try to yield yourself and God helps you to yield yourself, the clearer the words and the instructions in the Bible become. And no, I've never heard God's audible voice, but that doesn't mean that I can't feel his presence and understand when he's drawing me in some directions. How about for you, Tim? Yeah, that's exactly it. When you said, I even, I, I tell you all the time, I haven't heard God yet, but <laughs> yeah, but people ask me, even the guys in the program, well, how do you know? Because I always tell them, well, keep it in prayer. Pray about it. Well, how do you know your prayer's been answered? You'll know. You'll get up one day and say, okay, I don't need to pray today. I I know what I need to do. Mm-hmm. God has a way of doing that. He will guide you in the right path as long as you keep it in prayer and let him control it, not us. You know, we're quick to say, okay, things are going great right now. You can sit over there, Christ, and let me get in here and drive for a while. And that's the problem. We forget that we have to allow God to lead us and not try to get in the driver's seat again. Yep. You know... I told somebody years ago, I've been at the mission for almost 15 years, and before I came, I was volunteering there for years, and I was pastoring a small church, and I was bivocational, so I had another job as well. But what I'm getting to is that I needed to pray when they asked if I would come down and interview before the board of directors for the position of executive director of the Union Gospel Mission. I had gotten pneumonia in the building before I... 
I didn't know exactly what the executive director needed to do of the mission. But I prayed about it, and I did what a professor at Liberty University said. I got, he said, don't, don't pray if this happens or that happens. Just pray that you have a perfect peace about going and that they have a perfect peace about you coming. And that's how it was. They voted unanimously to bring me, and, and I've been grateful ever since. But again, I wasn't sure about it in the beginning. I, I didn't know what being the executive director of the mission, the senior pastor, if you want to, whatever the case is. But the reality is that God has blessed me, and over the course of the years, I've made, I've made probably a ton of mistakes. But I also tried to always yield myself and, and make sure this mission heard the word of God and that that we would never we would never compromise the word of god for anything not for financial gain not for stability and i think that if nothing else we've all tried to do that don't you timothy yes i do and and tim uh how you know on a lighter note though i think many of the people fail to understand that cooking a meal for 150 people is not just taking the cooking for two people and expanding it by 75 times. Oh, I wish it was that easy. Yeah, <laughs> because cooking in mass isn't just making the ingredients bigger, right? Correct. Yeah, and I actually have, there's more entailed to that. I tell, we have uh, gentlemen that come in our program that have backgrounds in cooking and restaurants and things. I says, but have you did any type of institutional cooking? Well, that's just cooking in a bigger quantity, yeah. <laughs> right? I says, no, not no, really. No. It's a little bit more entailed <laughs> than that. But, you know, so it, there is a lot more uh, involved in that. And uh, I'm blessed to be a part of teaching our guys that come into our program uh, what I know. Mm -hmm. Am I a teacher in culinary arts? No. Um, have I cooked for 40 some years? Yes. Uh, can I find my way around a kitchen? Yes. You know, no doubt. Do I have uh, a kitchen manager's certificate? Yes. So what did I, you get an award for the oh, I did safety a, and yes. cleanliness of, of your the kitchen? year? Yes. Of the year. Absolutely. So these are all accomplishments that Christ allowed the mission to have. I think it speaks a lot when acknowledgments are giving to us as a whole because it represents the work we do. It doesn't say, it said the Union Gospel Mission didn't say Tim Trenum, and that's what I'm so thankful for. But you are the head of that of that department. You I, are yeah, the guy that it. makes sure it runs correctly. God appointed me the steward, and you second that, and I am the steward of God's storehouse. Amen. Yes, I am. You know what? I was just telling somebody the other day that uh, in in the position that I have, I cannot I cannot know in detail how every department works. I can't step in and take over for Tim. I can't step in and take over for Scott or Eileen or the other departments. But the one thing that that I think I can do is oversee those departments and try to guide them with God's hand. Now. Uh, I also have to tell you that I'm firmly convinced that in every church and in every organization that claims the name of Christ, those that will lead must be in a position 
to serve. They also have to be those who want to yield their lives to to God and to not take their position as a haughty or a high-handed thing. I was asked the other day if I wanted to be called reverend or something else, and I said, you know, I prefer the name pastor if you're going to call me that. You can call me Tim if you want, but I said I prefer pastor, and I'll tell you why. Because reverend sounds as if that I'm somebody, something high lifted up in the corner preaching from a pulpit that's 20 feet off the ground. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that people that use the name, that use the reverend thing, I'm not criticizing them. I'm talking about for me. But for me, I've always thought of the name pastor, that you're, that, you're that, that guy who wants to put the arm around the shoulder when somebody's heart is broken, when they're in tears, when the pain, when the doctor is giving them the bad news, and your arm is around their shoulder and, and you're comforting them as God has comforted you. And so I don't, I'm, not, I'm not humble or modest or any of those things. I'm just telling you that, that I would rather be that guy anyway. I would rather be the guy that, that, you know, <laughs> a couple of times over the years, people have mentioned that, that maybe I'm too soft on certain things with the employees. And, and sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not true. But the bottom line comes down to this. If I have to err on the side of compassion or on the side of, of, anger and sternness and I, I would rather err on the side of compassion because you know what and here's the funny thing is if I'm on your side I'm doing it just right if I'm against you I'm horrible and and if if I'm a, if I'm for the guy that you're against I'm too compassionate <laughs> but that's not the case I'm not too compassionate I just I just seek to give people the kind of grace that God gave me because I, I'm way in His debt. How about you, Tim? Well, you know that's funny. <clears throat> we all we all got called to this this business of service and the compassion thing that you speak on is 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 very valid, and I believe that. When a family works together, there's always going to be snags in the road. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm just grateful that the family that we have the ability to work with at the mission is all Christ-fearing individuals. And it all we're all people knowing that we're flawed and we know that you know we're undeserving. And I think we have the ability to get over just about anything. It might take a day or two, and it might take somebody speaking up. But I think for the most part, all of us are there for the right reasons. And I think when you have all those facets in place, I think it just causes for a very harmonious, but yet a still a difficult job that we do on a daily basis. And I tell the guys, too, that work with us in the program, I says, you know, it takes every single one of us. It doesn't matter what that gentleman does. It doesn't matter what that gentleman does. It takes us as a whole to run this place. 
Amen. You know, we just have to make sure our hearts are right. I, I agree. You know, and because you know me, boss, I'm, you know, I've, I've, you know, kind of stepped wrong to a couple of people, but you know, I think it's all, we all do, I, but I think it's a learning process sure. too. You know, I just yeah. glad that the family we have there is a forgiving family and that we're able to pick up and move and know that we love each other and that we, you know, we're all brothers and sisters of Christ and we're there to serve a purpose. You know, and I echo what you just said. I believe in that 100%. I believe that we're going to make mistakes no matter whether we're we're the the director or whether we're the guy, you know, sweeping the floors. We're going to make some kind of mistake. The but when we can recognize the mistake and try to work together and move on, then then there's no collapse. It's it's and you know, you can read in the Bible, you see that there were different times that people had little issues with each other, but those that were in Christ Jesus worked through those things. And to your point, Tim, that's exactly right. We need to work through those things. You know, uh, speaking of that, before we run out of time, and we got about three minutes, uh, we talked about last week about the power shortages or outages or whatever they were due to whatever wind or whatever it was. And and, uh, one of the station people here was talking about, you know, who's who's to blame or who's not to blame and you know uh some of the companies get blamed one way or the other there's there's nothing can be done but and i don't know what the answer is but this i do know when you guys are out there especially believers if you're passing by a guy in a blue and whatever color outfit that is and you see the pg&e trucks out there the linemen there They have nothing to do with the decisions to turn the power off or on. And I don't really know whether it's right or wrong or what's going on. I just don't know enough about the whole thing. I know we haven't had power for a while. But, but, you know, the people who are working there, some of them are believers, some of them are not. And certainly I've seen during power outages where people are yelling unkind things at linemen the linemen don't have anything to do with that. They're just out there trying to get the power on. So, you know what? Good, bad, indifferent, right or wrong, let's pray for those folks. Amen. You know, let's pray for those that, that might irritate us on the freeway, those that cut in and out of traffic, that we go, what is wrong with that person? Well, I don't know what's wrong with that person, but I know that that our hearts need to be yielded and compassionate because here's what I can tell you, fellow believer— the person who cuts you off, who irritated you, who you really want to say something unkind to, they're one of two people. They are a saved individual who is your brother or sister in Christ, in which case, let's give them some grace, or they are lost people on their way to hell, and then let's have compassion because this is the only heaven they're ever going to know. Amen. Timothy, we're out of time again. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say to the folks in this last I'd just like to thank each and every one that provides to the Union Gospel Mission. And if you ever get the opportunity to call and take a tour, you would be utterly amazed at all the yes, little amen. facets and little engines under this roof that happen simultaneously. Uh, and I guess the next time I come, we'll talk about our food box program that we have and the food yes. boxes we have coming up for the holidays. And we will be mentioning it. Please go on to our website at, at ugmsac.com and look at the list of what we're going to do. We're going to be giving out 100 food boxes, uh, 
very shortly here. And so we're out of time. So until we meet again, my friends, may God hold you in the palm of his hands. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.